Hey, this is Greg. And Zach. Welcome back to the Harvestgate podcast. Today is the second in a four-part series exploring the four primary growth metrics by which we'll be measuring Harvestgate's success. Maturity, unity, favor, and numbers. Today, we continue with unity to find what it means to Harvestgate and how we'll measure it to track our progress as a church. Zach, good morning. Good morning, Greg. Uh, so unity as a growth metric, how do we you know, define what's different about that maybe from our previous episode where we talked about maturity uh, and all the things that came with that? How are they different? Yeah, so un- uh, unity is different than uh, maturity in that we're not, uh, in the unity metric, we're not measuring growth with our relationship with God, but rather our relationship with our uh, those in our immediate community. And what I mean by immediate community, I mean like those within the church. So how how are we as a faith family uh, growing in relationship with one another? Um, and a lot of this stems from uh, Jesus in John chapter 17. He prays a prayer, and this is one of his last prayers before he heads to the cross. And he prays for uh, his disciples. He also prays for the future of the church. And he says this. uh, This is John chapter 17, verses 20 and 21. He says, I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for those who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray that they will all be one just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you, may they be in us so that the world will believe that you sent me. And I think that we need to, our attention needs to perk up here when we hear that phrase, so that the world will believe that you sent me. Um, if you'll notice, Greg, it doesn't say, um, the world will know that you uh, sent me. Um, by me writing my name in the sky, uh, it's not, uh, it's, it's not by all of these people doing, um, it's not by the way that they live morally. Uh, it's not, um, it's not how often or how frequently they attend church. Mm-hmm. It's not, uh, any of those things. It's by their their unity and their love for one another. Um, and so the world will know that, uh, that Jesus comes from the father. Uh, and I think other translations say that they will know that they are, um, that they, they will know that they are our disciples by our, our love for one another. Right. And or, I think there's an interesting point in there too. You know, you were talking about, it's not about the, you know, the message in the sky or something, or it's like by, by what you do. And I think so many people are under the impression that in order to be saved, <clears throat> they must be at church. Just being at church is mission accomplished, right? <laughs> and it's like, oh, well, I haven't gone to church for three weeks, so I'm definitely going to hell. I'm in trouble. You know, yeah. Um, and I've heard this even from like family that I know during this pandemic that are like, well, I need to start getting back to church. 
It's like, well, you could be doing all the things that are going to get you your ticket if that's what you're after from home right now. You know, yeah, I've got a golden ticket. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and I should I should be clear here that I don't think that it's um, it, it's not um, it's not fair to say that by being in unity with other people is what saves us. Uh, that's sure. that's not what I'm saying. Um, rather, the world will know that we are uh, his his followers uh, by our love for one another and by how well we get along with each other. Um, and so, uh, Greg, you've been a part of our services since we've since the onset, and you do have perfect attendance. Good job. Uh, <laughs> I'm punching my card, man. I heard, the, I heard the 13th one's free, so. There you, there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, so we um, uh, we start all of our services off with a prayer. Um, and uh, once we finish our prayer, then we move into the reciting of the Apostles' Creed. And every week that we do the Apostles' Creed, uh, I talk about why we do the Apostles' Creed, why we repeat this together as a community. And the reason why we do this is because even within Christianity, there are many things that many people disagree upon. Um, and some of those are uh, you know, legitimate things to, to disagree upon, um, but they're not ultimate. Um, you, know, uh, you know, some churches... Uh, uh, some churches will say, or some denominations will say, that uh, you have to be um, baptized, and when you're baptized, you have to be fully dunked, like all parts of your body have to be dunked underwater. Otherwise, it, it's not a legitimate baptism, and sometimes it's not a legitimate, or, and and therefore you're not a legitimate Christian because you weren't legitimately baptized. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, some Christians will say that. Um, you know, that there's the spiritual gift of speaking in tongues. And if you don't speak in tongues, then you're not really a believer. Um, and there's there's just different things that uh, the church can disagree upon. But when we, when we recite the Apostles' Creed together, uh, what we're doing is what we're saying is these are the most important things. These are the things that we are in agreement with. And as long as we are in agreement with these statements, we are Orthodox Christians. Um, and Orthodox is really just a combination of two words, ortho meaning uh, right, and uh, dox or doxy um, uh, comes from the word uh, uh, worship. So uh, you have right worship. So we, so those who who agree with the statements in the Apostles' Creed are uh, Orthodox Christians, and we have no reason to to deny those things if somebody uh, is in full agreement with these statements. And here, here are the statement. Uh, here is the Apostles' Creed. It says, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Spirit. He was born of Sorry, he was born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell, and on the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. 
I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of the saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Um, and Greg, the reason why we talk about those things and the reason why we kind of center around those ideas is because these are in direct correlation with um, with uh, the Godhead, as we would say it. Uh, so Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Um, and um, so there are there are different beliefs within um, uh, and I say this word loosely within Christianity. Uh, and the reason why I say it loosely is because there are some people, uh, there are some denominations, there are some uh, churches that do not believe that Jesus is fully God and fully man. We would say that those people are um, are heretics because they do not uh, believe fully in the uh, in, in the full divinity and the full humanity of Christ. Um, so. Within the the Christian realm, um, we that's uh, the the H word is not one that I like to say very often uh, of heretic because uh, it sounds very strong and very ugly. And the reality is, it is something that is strong and ugly. Um, but most, almost every believer that I know believes that God, uh, that Jesus is God, fully God and fully man. Um, and, and so we would call (laughs) heresy is, is a word that is used, um, uh, and it is used properly when it comes against, uh, the Godhead. Uh, so father, son, Holy spirit, when it, when it, uh, somebody speaks something that is incorrect about the Godhead. Um, so that's, that's really what the word heresy is, is used for. Um, but today people will use heresy, um, as just a kind of a catch all. If you have something that I disagree with, you're a heretic. Um, and we don't believe in that. Uh, um, I think that we can disagree with one another on, uh, some of the non-essentials uh, and still be Orthodox Christians. And so what we want to do is make sure that as a, as a body, that we are um, unified on the person, uh, largely around the person and the work of Jesus Christ. Um, and from there, uh, we can come with our questions. We can come with our doubts. And it's okay, um, it's okay for people to come with their questions and doubts. Um, but so as far as... As far as uh, what I would say, orthodoxy, um, that's what we're talking about uh, as far as unity goes. Uh, Then there's another side of unity that's uh, kind of how we are uh, just growing as a community in general. Um, are um, Are we being loving towards one another? Are we... Um... Are we welcoming those in who may not believe what it is that we believe? Are we, um, are we, um, are we 
are we loving each other? Are we growing in relationship as friends, as brothers and sisters? Are are this may be a weird thing to say, but are people starting to date one another? Um, are people getting married? Are people um, sharing meals with one another, taking trips, doing activities? Are they going and playing disc golf together and working on their relationships with each other? Um, so uh, that was kind of two sides of unity that we're looking at. And I would say orthodoxy and um, uh, you know, relational unity, if that makes sense, Greg. Yeah, I think so. And uh, well said, I wanted to ask a question. And I think you started to kind of talk about some of the things that we would likely see in Harvestgate if unity is being built. So what are some ways that Harvestgate intends to build unity within our church? What are, you know, uh, are we are we talking activities, groups like what are, you know, and, and I'm just guessing because I don't know the answer to my question. Yeah. <laughs> Well, what's what's kind of interesting, this might sound cheesy, is you can't have community without unity. Um, it's right there. It's in the word. You got to spell it. It's in that the word. You, hey, literally you know, that's can't a real it. thing. That's how I spelled a lot of stuff in school is it find the words in the word. Connecticut is <laughs> connect that cut. There you go. There you, <laughs> Easy. There you go. Um, yeah. So um, to have a healthy community, you need to have healthy unity. And so here are uh, three. Um, questions that we would ask. Again, we're not going to individual people and saying, "Hey, blah blah blah." Are you? Are you? Insert question. But these are, I think, last uh, in our last metrics thing, we talked about what it is that we're hearing and also what it is that we're not hearing. Um, uh, and so, um, here are the three broad categories: Are relationships being started and developed? Are people ga- uh, participating in corporate worship? And are people practicing koinonia? And koinonia is a um, is a is the Greek word um, uh, for where we get the the word um, fellowship. Uh, I just did a Google search uh, from the, the dictionary of what koinonia is, and it is Christian fellowship or communion with God or more commonly with fellow Christians. Um, so that's just a, you know, as a, as a nerd, um, uh, it's a fun way to say fellowshipping with one another. Are we practicing koinonia? Um, and so, um, so you talked about different groups. We are going to be uh, hosting what are called alpha groups. Alpha groups are are um, gr- uh, it's a series of videos, uh, and they are aimed specifically towards people who are not uh, believers. Um, and these videos question, uh, circle around large um, life questions that we uh, that a lot of people ask. Like, is there more to life than this? Um, and so it it answers a lot of these questions from a Christian perspective. And these videos are done; they're they're done really well. They're they're good production uh, uh, value to them, I guess you could say. Um, so these alpha groups they last, I think, eleven weeks, and at every meeting. Uh, every alpha meeting, uh, there's a meal that's shared. Um, there's time just to hang out and chat with one another. 
Um, you watch these videos and then you have a discussion about these videos. And one of the things that's unique about alpha groups um, that I also think is unique about how we just operate in our church setting in general is that there um, there is not a um, – you're, you're supposed to come with questions. You're supposed to come with doubts. Uh, you're supposed to come up with hang, uh, hang-ups. And alpha groups specifically – one of the one of the DNA pieces of that is you're not supposed to disagree with other people. Like the point is not to say like, well, I don't believe that God is real. Okay, well, you're not allowed to come back to the group, and we don't say those things here. Now you're you're allowed to come, and you're encouraged to come with your uh, with your doubts and your questions and your hangups and things like that. Uh, so we'll have alpha groups. Um, uh, Another thing going back to relationships, um, are we sharing meals together? I think that I said, you know, uh, it might have been in the Mother's Day um, podcast. We were talked about uh, meals being important. Uh, I think it was something like 40 times throughout the Gospels. Um, Jesus is eating meals um, or like the, the story takes place around a meal. Uh, so. Uh, sharing meals with one another is incredibly important and it doesn't have to be a, you know, a full meal. It could be sharing coffee. Um, are people taking trips with one another and going camping or going on vacation together or, you know, going to Cedar point or Kings Island or doing some fun activity together? Are they going, um, you know, on day trips together? Um, are people doing activities with one another? Are, is there game night happening? Is, uh, are people going and playing disc golf together? Are they going to the dog park together? Are they, mm-hmm. you know, whatever the case may be. Um, so uh, those, you know, with the exception of maybe alpha groups, all of those things probably don't sound very spiritual. Um, uh, you know, you're not, we're talking about eating meals and taking trips and doing activities. None of those are necessarily what I would call spiritual kinds of things. Uh, but they are incredibly important things. Um, so are we growing in uh, re- unity with one another um, uh, just by developing and starting relationships with people? Uh, the other question, one of the other questions, are people participating in corporate worship together? So are we gathering in homes or right now, or are we gathering on Zoom together? Mm-hmm. Um are we gathering in the third places of life? We've talked about in previous podcasts, uh, the first place, second place, and third place. First place is the home. Second place is uh, your work. And then the third place is kind of that home away from home, like coffee houses or, or pubs or um, you know those kinds of things. Um, uh, what I would, uh, an- another way that I would maybe put this idea of corporate worship or celebrating God. Uh, you know, are we sharing um, what God is doing in our lives uh, with one another? Are we um, uh, are we engaging in discipleship and account and, and accountability with one another? Uh, are we uh, learning God together? Meaning, are we coming together to study the Word or listen to a podcast or listen to a sermon or reading a book together? Those kinds of things. Um, and then, um, one of the other things we would say is engaging in public conversation. 
Now, that does not mean um, going out to a street corner and standing up on a soapbox and preaching to everybody who listens. Hear um, ye, hear ye. Hear ye, hear ye, yeah. <laughs> That's not what I'm talking about. Um, one of the things that we would like to get uh, to the point where we're doing is having um, large group gatherings, not on a weekly basis, but maybe on a monthly or every other month basis. Um, so let's say, for example, um, uh, you have uh, multiple different house churches that are meeting. So you have house church A and house church B and house church C, and we're all meeting individually, uh, you know, on whatever day of the week that it is. Um, but we all want to come together uh, and, and uh, you know, engage with the larger community. So once a month or once every other month, we would find a public space. You know, that might be uh, a coffee house. It might be another church or something like that. But, but we would come together. Um, and that could look different every, every time. It could be, um, you know, hey, we're going to invite somebody who does not look like Greg and Zach. Um, and we are going to have a conversation about um, uh, racial uh, reconciliation. Um, and we're going to have a conversation around these things. So we'll have black people in the room. We'll have white people in the room. We'll have Hispanic people in the room. We'll have Asian people in the room. And we're going to talk about, uh, how do we heal as a nation, uh, or as a community as it comes to racial reconciliation? Um, so when I talk about public conversations, that's what I'm talking about. Um, we could also come together, uh, for a more traditional kind of uh, service. It could be because somebody's getting baptized and we all want to celebrate that. It could be uh, we're coming together just to have a meal or just to uh, do a service project um, and serve somebody in the community or you know any of those kinds of things. Um, so it's, it's a way. Um, so th- when I say engaging in public conversations, like I said, it's not standing up on a soapbox on a busy street corner and preaching to people. Um, rather, it's it's gathering as a large group for a uh, a shared purpose, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think it makes sense. Um, there's a lot of things I think that can can build that unity, and so I like the the definition and all the different things that kind of fit into that. I want to go to a question that we, uh, or maybe not less of a question, but a, a topic we talked about in uh, in the maturity episode where we talked about this sort of directional aspect of these metrics. Uh, and you talked yeah. about uh, upward, outward, and so on. Can you relate that to unity and where it fits on that scale and maybe refresh our memories on the scale itself? Yes, certainly. So we have growth in maturity, which we said is upward growth. Uh, we have growth in unity, which is inward growth. Um, growth in favor, which we'll talk about in our next metrics, and that's outward. Uh, and then our final metric um, is growth in numbers. And we've said uh, that the first three uh, uh Maturity, unity, and favor are the only things that we really have any say about. It, that's the only thing that we can control, and we leave numbers to God. Um, and so uh, the numbers metric would be onward. So um, uh, growing in unity is inward growth. So 
again, this is how how we are growing as a faith community with within our and this could take on different levels. Um, so it could be as an individual faith community, so an individual house church. It could be how we're growing as a network together. So how uh, house church A and house church B interact with one another, um, and then also. Um, uh, what I would call maybe larger universal uh, inward growth is how are we growing in unity with um, fellow Christians in general? So are we are we um, uh, are are we partnering with other churches um, in you know in mission? So maybe there's a there's another church that has. I don't know, some service project that they're doing. They're going to be cleaning up, uh, you know, they're going to go and repainting vandalized bridge. Or, um, uh, mm-hmm. Vandalized? Is that the right word? Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, they're going to be repainting the bridge. And so, hey, hey, can can we come and participate in what it is that you're doing? Like, we don't want to take credit and do it under your name. We don't care. We just want to come and help uh, grow the faith community. So, Again, it's not about Harvest Gate. It's not about our um, uh, about making our kingdom great, or more accurately, our little tribe great. It's about making the kingdom of God great. And so, some of that means that we will have to partner with other churches um, because mm-hmm. there are, and, and we've said this all along. You know, we have at times uh, been critical of maybe not specific churches, but kind of uh, churches as a whole. Um, But we are not anti other churches. We are pro other churches because other churches do things, you know, there, there will be things that Harvest Gate does not do well um, uh, because we're human and we don't, we're not, uh, we're not a perfect system. We're not perfect people. Uh, And so there will be things that, that other churches do far better than we do. Um, you know, just this past week in, in our, our service, um, I felt completely um, uh, just scatterbrained uh, because there were multiple kids screaming um, in multiple different pitches. Um, my house, <laughs> for some reason, was a million degrees, and I just felt completely scattered. And I'm sure that everybody else felt that way, too. It just felt kind of... Um, I felt very, I, 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 as the one leading felt very uncomfortable because it just felt so disconnected. So, I mean, like there are going to be times where things just, where we don't do things well. Um, and, uh, you know, we always want to, to aim for excellence. Um, so I, I don't want to, I don't want us to paint a picture that Harvest Gate has everything all figured out and, you know, we're, uh, we're perfect because uh, we're not, uh, and I also don't want to paint the picture that every other church sucks and and uh, because they they don't. Um, you know, there are many wonderful churches, and every church has the things that they do really well, and every church has areas that we could grow in. Um, and so, um, so we are pro other churches. We're pro other models of churches, whether that's a mega church or a small country church. It doesn't matter. Uh, so we want to be able to partner with other churches uh, and and help support them and what they're doing. Uh, more importantly, we want to support what the kingdom of God is doing. So, so let me kind of go back and reframe those uh, those different um, you know 
levels of what we're talking about in unity. So there's unity within the individual house churches, unity within the network of churches, uh, unity within, um, you know, maybe our denomination, uh, and, uh, and then unity within the larger faith community, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I'm, you know, it's got me thinking about maybe some of the challenges or differences about tracking our, our, you know, this particular metric. If these are things that we're measuring our success by, how are we measuring unity compared to, for example, maturity that we talked about last time? Uh, it seems like it would be, uh, you know, less of like something that's going to be, uh, you know, tracked on paper unless we're kind of intentionally looking at and analyzing what we're doing and who we're doing it with, uh, that would put it into that space. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, you know, I, I don't have a good answer for that, to be honest. Um, I would say that a lot of it, how we're tracking it, um, I want to go back to that statement that I made. Sometimes we're we're tracking by things that we're hearing. Sometimes we're also tracking things by what we're not hearing. Mm-hmm. And so if, if we, um, it's not like we have a, an Excel sheet uh, that says like, okay, there were 14 conversations that happened this week. Um, and <laughs> eight, eight out of the 10 people that, you know, are part of our church uh, went and had lunch with one another. And, and uh, uh, it, I mean, I'm actually glad that that's not the case or the plan. Uh, it feels like, you know, that level of micromanagement, it's no longer a, you know, an organic thing that's happening, right? It's, you know, Hey, uh, Carl, I want to talk to you about how many, uh, coffees you had this week with other people. Uh, wasn't, wasn't quite up to, you know, what we were looking for. We're going to need you to come in on Saturday have a couple more cups (laughs) of coffee with some people. Okay. Fill out your TPS reports. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, those things could happen. Um, I don't want them to happen. I'm, I'm like you in that. Um, however, uh, how we would maybe track that is, Hey, you know what? I'm not hearing conversations. I'm not hearing people saying, Oh, Hey, like, you know, we had game night the other night and Susie so-and-so was over and, you know, I'm not hearing those kinds of things. Um, and so it wouldn't necessarily be addressed at an individual level, but uh, but maybe what we would start doing is, Hey, we're going to start hosting these things. Like as a network, uh, we're going to have game night on Tuesday or, you know, whatever day of the mm-hmm. week it is. Uh, we're going to do these things just so that we can build some relationship with one another. Um, cause you know, it's, it's good that we meet together on whatever night of the week that we, it is that we meet. Um, but I think that we need to do a better job at, at connecting with one another. And not just being people who only show up on whatever night of the week it is, um, but that we're actually, you know, engaging in relationship with one another outside of, quote, I'm doing air quotes right now, you can't tell, but uh, um, <laughs> church events. And so, so I would say that we track these things um, by story almost. Um, yeah, you and, know. When I asked you how we were tracking this, this is kind of the answer that I was hoping for is that it was more of a feeling like are are the people within this community interacting together within this community outside of just showing up to church like that? You know, I think if you're just at church together, 
that's one form of communing together, but that's only one. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's, if you're, if you're not, if you don't see like what you talked about, you know, relationships and we don't necessarily mean romantic, but uh, friendships being built and, and connections and, you know, people wanting to gather together, I think uh, you can sort of see or feel the lack of unity where there isn't a connection there. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'll take uh, something that we've talked about a couple times. times. Uh, uh, you and Liz and the group that you led at community church, uh, the young adult group, very clearly coming into that, um, you know, let's say late stage or something, Emily and I, uh, after you invited us to come, you know, there was a clear unity amongst everyone that was there. Everybody knew each other. Uh, everybody, you know, clearly not only met together in that group, but would talk, you know, see each other and talk to each other at church, probably did things outside of church together, outside of that group together. And so you immediately could see that it was a community, right? Yeah. Yeah. And and I think one of the challenges there, and Greg, you bring up a great point. I I, I would agree with that statement. I think that there is a great uh, community there. Um, if we're not careful, though, we can become a closed community. Mm, yeah, um, a click. A click in that um, uh you know, we're so, and it's not that we're, we're not allowing other people in, but maybe we're so uh, inwardly focused that when other people come in, even if they are new, they're like, I feel like an outsider here because um, like I came and people said hi to me, but then nobody talked to me anymore after that. They just went and talked with their other friends. Right. Um, yeah. Or maybe the only stories and jokes and references you make are internal inside jokes you know or or references to your own little group and experiences if nobody else has experienced those how can they connect with you yeah well and, and i heard a um a great way to measure what a friend is um and i was like this is like my new standard uh for for being a friend um and so i can now actually say that you are a friend of mine greg because of this uh because of this metric um <laughs> Somebody said, we will count some. Uh, so this was a church planter who moved into a city. He was not planning on starting a church. Um, um, he, he just wanted to like build relationship with people. He said, you know, we want to um, build relationships and we want to have 50 friends uh, by, you know, this time next year. And he said, we defined a friend by somebody who, um, when they invited us to be a part of their friend group, um, that we considered them a friend. So Greg, uh, Greg, you and Emily have invited us, uh, you know, to, uh, Friendsgiving, mm-hmm. um, uh, which was, which was really fun. We got to meet a lot of your friends and, you know, I've gone and, um, you know, I'm not deep friends with your friends, um, at this point, but, uh, you know, we've, uh, gone and played, uh, disc golf with, um, with Dan and, mm-hmm. um, just different things like that, where you have invited me into your, your friend group. Um, now I don't know if you're, I don't think that your friends would say, well, I'm friends with Zach. Um, cause we're, you know, we've only met a little bit. Um, but they're, they're I, relationships I, that I would like I, to grow into. 
Yeah, I think that's a great example, too. I mean, I, I can look at a lot of my close friends, many of the friends that you saw there or that you met there. And when they invite us to, you know, Christmas or, you know, like whatever get together it is, everybody's little group changes slightly. And there's a little bit of overlap here and there. Right. There's like a few people that are part of each circle. If it's a Venn diagram, there's lots of little overlapping, you know, pieces of the circle. But each group also has its sort of exclusive members, you know, that are uh, only in that one circle. And, and it's cool, too. I think the more that those groups spend together, the more those circles overlap. I think you build bigger groups of friends. Uh, and, I, you know, I think I can see how that uh, idea could apply to us really well, where we see Harvest Gates circle overlapping with more and more circles so to speak yeah yeah well, and like you know things i've thought about um that it'd be fun to do because like um uh you know last year uh i went and i played in a softball league in columbus with my brother-in-law and i got to meet a lot of people that i've never met before um and um and I asked if he were going to play this year, and this was before all of the COVID stuff happened. He's like, it's just really hard to get like a team together because people don't like all of my friends don't, they're not super committal to it. And I said, well, hopefully, um, you know, when we move to Columbus and we, you know, we start Harvest Gate, I'll have lots of new friends that I can invite to be a part of this team. And maybe, you know, maybe Harvest Gate can sponsor, uh, uh, the the softball team and we can just have our own softball team and it would be a collection of of you know some of your friends some of my friends some of their friends you know uh it comes together to to grow our little community if that makes sense so you're saying this team's going to be called the angels in the outfield <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic um well now they are yeah <laughs> That's way better than Harvest that's Gate not, softball. That's not team. names not already taken or anything, right? Copyright uh, limitation. I don't I know. Mean, How long does that stuff last? Yeah, I don't know. Um, but but I I think that that is phenomenal, um, and we can all have our our unifying sign with one another. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Yeah, I think. Um, you know, even the, obviously we've talked a little bit about these things outside the podcast, but just through this conversation, I feel like I've learned a lot more about, you know, how unity relates to Harvest Gate. Is there uh, kind of anything in closing uh, that you want to, uh, you know, cover that we didn't get a chance to talk about and how uh, unity is important to us as Harvest Gate? Yeah, I would say the, I just want to, keep this on our on the forefront of our thoughts uh greg that uh i think in our first uh metrics podcast or episode we talked about um the the goodhart print uh, law and that's uh that a a metric ceases to be a good metric when it becomes a target mm-hmm. um yeah and so we always want to keep that on our forefront that we're not um we're not we're not about collecting people for the sake of collecting people. Um, I don't want, uh, I don't want us to be so, uh, 
focused on building unity that we neglect everything else. Uh, you know, not just a, a way just to hang out with people. And um, though I, I love all those things and I appreciate all those things. Um, uh, my purpose always is to bring glory to God. Um, and when we, I think that there's great glory that is brought to God when we are in unity with one another. Uh, and when we are respectful of one another, even when we disagree with one another, and even though some people may not believe the same things uh, or the same ways that we do. Um, and uh, I would love to see um, people, uh, the world is so divided right now. I mean, um, you would think even with coronavirus, like, okay, like we can at least uh, settle on this fact that like the world's in a, precarious position right now but even that has been divided some people are like it's all a farce and some people are like oh the world is ending um so we can't even we can't even listen to one another and be respectful of people in that i think that it's really important that we learn how to um maybe i would say it this way that we learn how to disagree with one another and still extend and show love to one another that would be my hope through all of this. Uh, and then in that process, we point people to Jesus. Well, thank you very much again for your time this morning, uh, Zach. And thank you to anybody that's listening. We hope you're learning more about Harvestgate, about uh, our mission and, and the things and objectives that we have and how we're trying to do it. Uh, and hopefully, uh, as with all of these, especially metric series, uh, they've been informative and help you learn a little bit more about what we're doing. So thanks again, Zach. It's been fun. Follow us on social media at Harvestgate Network. There are several ways you can engage with us and support the Harvestgate Network at harvestgate.org. You can subscribe to the Harvestgate podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. If you're as excited as we are about this project, please consider supporting us by sharing, joining our prayer team, or donating on our website. Thanks for listening to the Harvestgate Podcast, connecting faith to families, communities, and marketplaces.